In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our texts for today are the readings from Luke 2 and Romans 12. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, what a time it is to be alive. It's easy to consider the events of the last week that have unfolded in our country, or even the events of the last almost year to this point, since we first started to hear about the coronavirus. It's easy to consider those events and begin to feel a sense of despair. And despair is a rather nasty drug at every turn. First, despair leaves us with the notion that all hope for God's salvation is lost because God's love is no longer for us. Despair leads to worse things than that, however, if possible. Our catechism rightly teaches that despair can lead us to shame. If we no longer believe salvation is possible, and we no longer think that God loves us, we are left with a bad conscience from sins committed that are not absolved, and if there is no love, if there is no love of God for us. And again, that leads, as the Catechism teaches, to vice. That is, if God does not love us, and there is no relief from a troubled conscience to be had, then the only refuge to find short is the only refuge to be found is in short bursts of pleasure in some sinful habit that drags us deeper and deeper into the slavery of sin. Today's readings give us an excellent opportunity to think about life in the world from a Christian point of view, and I think we could probably say that every week. But first, let us consider the picture that St. Luke paints, of a, paints for us of the Lord Jesus in the temple. Jesus is 12 years old in our reading for today, which means that the Lord of heaven and earth, who is eternal, is still under the authority of Joseph and Mary. What a beautiful mystery that is. St. Paul tells us that Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who are under the law. That means that Jesus, even though he is God, he is the God of Joseph and Mary, fully placed himself under their authority to redeem us and them from our failure to honor our parents and those God has placed in authority over us. But perhaps even more of a mystery is how Jesus, when he was found after the no doubt frantic search of his parents, was simply sitting in the temple among the teachers of God's word, listening to what they had to say and asking them questions about what they said. This tells us something about what St. Paul means when he wrote to the Philippian Christians. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He says there that Jesus emptied himself. The Greek word, therefore, empty, is kenosis, which carries with it a greater connotation than simply being empty. This means that Jesus gave up his divinity 
to be like us in every single way. If you notice in the scriptures, Jesus never uses his divine power for his own good. So here, the child Jesus, by whose spirit the scriptures were breathed out, was actually learning the word of God like a child in Sunday school or a student in catechism class or a congregation member in Bible class or in service. And just in case we don't get the full picture of what St. Luke is painting, Luke ends this section of the gospel by saying, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is not play language here. Jesus actually learned the word of God, even though he himself is the word made flesh. And he also increased in wisdom, even though he is the wisdom of God. Now earlier, I had made the claim that today's readings give us a guide for how we ought to be living as Christians in our world today. We see here how our Lord Jesus provides us with an example for us in the way that we ought to be handling the word of God. The Lord Jesus is great in his humility here, and he submits himself to the teachers of God's word so that he in turn could learn the word of God that would form him into the man that he would grow up to be. Jesus became an expert in the word of God because he was immersed in it from his youth. This brings us then to the epistle reading for today, in which St. Paul admonishes and encourages us with these words. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Dear saints of God, you have been shown mercy by your God. Mercy means that you have not and you will not receive the punishment that you have earned because of your sins. Christ has sacrificed his body as the once and for all sacrifice of your sins. He has bought you back from the devil so that you don't belong to him anymore. You belong to the Lord Jesus. Your life as a Christian is therefore now a living sacrifice to God. This means that your life in Christ is mystically joined to the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus. And this happened in your baptism. And it continues now even down to this day. So what does a life of a living sacrifice actually look like? St. Paul, I think, sums it up quite well with these words. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Last week, we saw what this world was capable of. 
I don't care what the right interpretation of the events is. We can agree that what happened in our nation's capital was wicked. But we can also agree that what happened in D.C. is simply a symptom of a much greater problem. To conform to this world is to conform to a mindset that enables us to treat others with a level of contempt that makes them almost inhuman monsters. Now, I suppose that we can blame it on the pressure put on us by a particularly tense election year, which has also then joined forces with a nasty pandemic. But you, dear people loved by God, this is not how it should be among you. Do not conform your mind to the hatred of this world. We must first begin by recognizing that you and me, all of us here today, are part of one body, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us serves a different purpose. And so a hand can't say to a foot, I don't need you. And I can't say to the mouth, you're not acting the way I think you should act and the way I am. So you need to either change or leave. A house that is divided against itself cannot stand. And a body that is at war with itself will not live. But this also extends beyond this body to those outside of the body of Christ. You have been called to be the salt and light in a dying and darkening world. Do not be conformed, therefore, to the ways of this world. But instead, be transformed by the mind of Christ. He has set for us a beautiful example today for us in our gospel reading. He himself sat at the feet of the teachers of God's word and learned what love actually is. He learned what was evil and how to combat it, how to avoid it, how to abhor it. This also should be what marks our lives since we are called Christians, that is, little Christs. So what then does the word of God say of our conduct well, St. Paul goes on after our epistle reading cuts off. He says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Never repay evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, 
But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How is it that we can live up to this example that Jesus has set before us? How can we live up to these standards St. Paul has placed before us? It begins where the life of the Christian begins. It begins with repentance. We must be diligent in examining ourselves in the light of the Ten Commandments, which we have not kept. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? With those things in mind, we then, by faith in the mercy of God that he has shown to us in his Son, we come before him in confession of our sins to receive what he promises to give. That is absolution. That means the forgiveness of our, of our sins from the pastor as from God himself. Not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are indeed forgiven. In so doing, we are returning to the very place where God first washed away our sins. That is, in the waters of our baptism. He bids us come and partake of his body and blood in the sacrament. And in these things, God is transforming and renewing our hearts and our minds. Dear friends in Christ, this world is a mad world. But you have a Lord who has overcome that world by his death and by his resurrection. And so we sing as the church has sung for many hundreds of years. Let us also live with Jesus. He is risen from the dead. That to life we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. We are now your own living members where you live. There we shall be in your presence constantly, living there with you forever. Jesus, let me faithful be. Life eternal grant to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.